Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. It was a shattering day from us for yes. the, the Norwood fans. So, 97, so you, you, know, you, you missed Port's first game, but you came in and debuted against Brisbane. Yeah, I missed... Uh, I actually played some pretty good pre-season footy for Port, and then um, I, I can't remember if I did a quad or something like that. But, um, yeah, missed round one, unfortunate, because that would have been a buzz to play in the first game. But missed that, uh, and I think I ended up playing about round five yep. against Brisbane, so... Um, and ended up winning that day. Um, I think it was a really close game. And I think um, Stephen Paxman saved us in the final moment. That's right. And, I do remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he 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 took on about two blokes coming out of fullback and smothered stuff and somehow won the, won the footy and turned it over and saved the day for us. So, yeah, a bit of a buzz for my first game. Well, yeah, well and truly. But then, of course, more importantly, you'd played enough games to qualify for Nord, for Nord mate. So... Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. I think I played 17 AFL and well, three or four for Norwood. You only had to play three to qualify. Yeah, just to qualify. So I went back and played finals and, mate, well, lucky enough, I was uh, – Brett had played enough as well. So we were both pretty lucky to get back there and play finals together. Yeah, quite incredible because I think you probably played about eight games between – eight or nine games between the two of you to play for Norwood. Both come back. And yeah, as you, as you both two of you both should have you well and truly Nord people, but delivered yeah. delivered in spades and yeah, a, a great memory. Oh, it was a fantastic memory. I mean, uh, Brett did it on a, a bigger uh, scale, coming yeah. from an AFL grand final and then playing in an SNFL one. But um, for me, like I think Brett, I listened to him the other week on this um, podcast that. When we were growing up, Nord was everything for us. Um, to actually win a premiership, like Brett said, was was everything. So to get that that moment and actually do it was unreal. So just just to go back uh, a step, uh, did you play together a lot? Obviously for Kersbrook, and then obviously followed you your way through to Nord. No, we didn't actually, because every year That's I great. went up, he yeah. went up as well. So. Mm. You probably would, you um, play and you wouldn't have played at all, of course, with Paul till later, either. No, no, no. I think uh, one of our first games all together was two thousand and what was it? Two thousand and four. I think we all played together at South Adelaide one game. 
Wow. And I reckon that was that was probably one of our only game, well, our first game together. I think. Wow. So does that make then the '97 uh, premiership together even more special? Oh, for sure. Um, to do it with your brother, I mean, um, to win a flag is everything, but to, if you can do it with your brother, it makes it extra special. So, oh, look, and the fact you were, you know, Nord people, as I said last week, and probably a bit easier that it's you than Brett. Brett's speech uh, with, you know, being inducted the Nord Hall of Fame and where he really hammered the point that how much the 97 Nord side, Nord Premiership, and it meant more to him than the AFL bit. And there was a few of us, you know, pretty, you know, just. Absolutely, he, it was a fantastic speech that night, and it it really came from the heart, didn't it? Oh, most definitely, mate. Um, and obviously, I mean, you look at him now, and he's still mad, Norwood. Like, yeah, we talk footy, and I mean, I know we're having a pretty disappointing year this year, but um, yeah, we're still mad, Norwood. And um, every time I drive past the parade, you get goosebumps. I don't know why. Um, it's just that feeling of the parade. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome, Welcome to the Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete once again, uh, joined by Malcolm and uh, Roger James. Uh, his story was uh, fantastic with how he got to Port Adelaide and then almost traded to Carlton and... Um, yeah, obviously some premierships up in the country there and then obviously playing with family as well, which was very, very important. Yeah, swings and roundabouts, how he so nearly ended up going to Carlton and then he turned out, you know, turns into Port's gun finals player and best in finals in 2004 and I've got no doubt whatsoever there wouldn't be a flag at Port Absolutely. if, Port hadn't, if uh, Roger hadn't been there. Happened to bump into his sister today uh, at work and, and she said, did uh, the boys mention her? <laughs> uh, she said, no, that's right, we'll be the silent uh, the silent supporters, but uh, still following Port Adelaide even to today, which is fantastic. Hopefully she's still following Norwood. Yes, you know, as well. Right. Absolutely. So uh, the last couple of weeks we thanks the, thank the James yes. thank the James brothers for their time and yeah, just letting us into what they've been doing obviously during their career but after their career as well. Yeah, I reckon Apples will be asking for his turn as well. All right, we might have to get that one on as well. All right, let's get into Around the Grounds. Around the Grounds. Today we're going to... Touch base with the uh, basketball finals, the NBA finals, yes. uh, the SNFLW finals as well, uh, the state of origin, uh, the NRL state of origin. But, mate, as per usual, kick off with the AFL. Round 10 is completed. Uh, Sir Doug Nichols' round is usually played over two rounds, 10 and 11. Port Adelaide, big surprise there against Melbourne on the Friday night. I gave him a fair chance at home. I thought it was a 50-50 game, but, look, they just stuck at it. Butters gave one a played one of the great oh, games. Did, when David Wildey's saying it's it may well be the best game any individuals played in yep. any game he comment he's commentated. That's a pretty fair rap. Yep. 
And look, Butters, Rosie, and Jason Horn Francis together, dry ground September. It's look a out. tantalising hey. uh, combination, isn't it? And you, you throw Dersmer in there once he's healthy and fit. Pace. Correct. There are a chance. Port Adelaide, uh, again, uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago saying, do you think that, you know, uh, Butters has just overtaken Rosie a little bit? But they're all contributing in different ways, aren't they? Three very, very, very yeah. good players. Uh, Port's engine room is definitely set up for the next 10 years at least with those guys uh, fit and firing. I, and I think that's a big thing that everyone was sort of thinking, oh, this year it's Port, window or bus. Well, no, I think now with just those three in particular – Yep. And Todd Marshall still to develop as a key forward. Yes, they're probably a little bit hamstrung in ruck and they and probably do need another key defender. Yep. But I think they're in the window for a fair while. Absolutely. Um, mate, we'll quickly talk about the Crows um, and, and Port Adelaide as well, but then we'll touch base on Damien Hardwick's decision yeah. after we've done that. Um, Port Adelaide, uh, the wet weather seemed to suit those guys down to the tee. But you're right, get them with a bit of pace on some dry ground. I think they're going to be around the mark. And again, that forward line sort of cobbled together a little bit has actually paid dividends. Dixon to come back, yeah, yeah. as well. So, look, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're certainly one of the teams who, who could win it. They're winning a lot of the close ones. And we, as we've seen over previous years, the teams that are just getting on that roll with a couple of wins in the tight games... It's worth gold at the end of the year, isn't it? Quote the super coach, John Griffin. It's a fine, fine line, line between pleasure and pain. We've heard that one before. His favourite song. All right, we move on to the uh, Bulldogs-Adelaide game. Uh, looked like Adelaide were not interested, half a step behind. The Bulldogs were there, ready to play, and well, the it biggest, showed, didn't the it? The biggest winner of the weekend's Taylor Walker. So the Crows decided to rest him, which I, I thought was a tad bizarre, personally, considering they've got games to come mm-hmm. against North Melbourne and West Coast. Yep. Um, out of that, but just think, he doesn't get doesn't play. The demand for him next year, he's probably made an extra fifty grand sitting back here in it <laughs> on the weekend. So quite possibly, well played, Tex. Um, yeah, Adelaide just weren't quite as sharp as they have been. And look, as we've seen with every team this year, they're going to have one or two bad games. They're a young side, but it was just probably disappointing that against the Bulldogs to not where be competitive. competitive. I think that yeah. was the big thing, and I think the publicity got it was way over the top. Like trying to say Adelaide could go top this year, like yeah, yeah, pigs fly over the moon too. Yeah, Look, I just thought that was way over the top. They they could have been in a pretty good position if obviously they got over GWS and Collingwood. The, yeah. You know they're in control of those yeah. games. There, they probably let themselves slip a little bit. It's Richmond played a quarter and a yes. bit where it was beautiful, scintillating football. But you can't do that in AFL. You need to be playing at least three to four pretty good solid quarters. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think where they're at at the moment is about where we see them potentially at the end of the year. But certainly positives for the next couple of years is yeah. quite good, isn't it? Yeah, and again, I think that they're there. And it's we all sit here and we examine mm-hmm. on that. The ironical bit of Don Pike overruling the recruiting committee. And if the recruiting committee got their way, Tim English would have been the Crows' ruckman. That changes that crow side up mm-hmm. completely. To actually have a ruckman, not an honest battler, yep. changes it big time. Um, yeah, totally agree with you on that one. But uh, Adelaide's got a real good look at the next generation of kids coming through without Walker and, and a few of the others going there. I think the improvement has been quite stark this year compared to obviously what we thought may happen. 
Uh, we're seeing a little bit of a plateau now, just coming back to it a little bit, understanding the demands of AFL football? Maybe, but isn't it interesting, without the key figure there who tells people where to go, where to run yep. and all that, they look like you know a ship without a rudder. Yep. So let's see what happens this week against a very good side in Brisbane. Very interesting that you say that and make mention of that. Keeping Taylor Walker and Rory Sloan for those extra couple of years, not about touches, kicks, handballs. A lot of ab- its direction. Correct. So then that leads me to Frio at the moment with Fife coming back. All of a sudden, Frio look like they've got themselves a little more organised. Maybe, yeah. And, and look, fair. Fife isn't exactly setting the world on fire, but his value being on the ground is more than those kicks and touches could yep. ever be. So, And it's a bit like that Hawthorne model uh, and, and a little bit with uh, Gold Coast and Brisbane where some of those players from Hawthorne um, went up to Brisbane and Gold Coast to try and direct a bit of traffic up there and, and just steady the ship a little bit. All right, mate, we move on. Huge call yesterday morning um, or came out on Monday night that Damien Hardwick from Richmond had decided, look, I've got no more petrol left in the tank. I'm I'm better walking away now to give somebody a bit of a chance to uh, establish themselves for the remain, remainder of the season uh, and also give uh, Richmond a good opportunity to headhunt the, the coach that they want to take them forward in the next three, four, five years. Again, what a fine line. You know, gets over the line there. I dare say he doesn't resign this week. Mm-hmm. That they beat Port on the weekend. Suddenly they're back in it. Changes everything. Yeah. Um, but from what I gathered is that this had been bubbling away bubbling since away. last year. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like uh, Brendan Gaylord said, "Hey, you know, come on, mate. No, we'll, we'll, no. we'll go another year. We'll see how we're at at the end of the year." I think it was very much in his hands. And being a three-time premiership coach, he does have the the credit, I suppose, in the bank to say, you know. I'm, I've done as much as I possibly can. I've got no more petrol left. Yeah. And the the list and the size, uh, sorry, the list and the um, players that they've got there at the moment, I mean, he's going to lose two or three of them over the next couple of years. And whether he had the um, petrol to be able to regenerate that team uh, in those few years, I can understand. I mean, obviously being there 13 years. Yeah, look, it's a long time to coach. You know, and as you know, a few people have said, you really Ten years is nearly the optimum. So he's been there a long time. It is time for a change. Wish him all the best for the future. Absolutely. That's probably do the only you, way to look at it. Yeah. Do you see him coaching anywhere else maybe next year or do you think it'll be the year after? I think it's, I think it'll probably be the year after. Yeah. You know, I, I if you're saying you're burnt out and it is a demanding role, so I don't think you recover in – because let's be honest, clubs are already talking about recruiting for next year. Yes. So you start pre-season – Yeah, halfway through the year. So, yeah, I I think you really need to have another year off. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of talk about potentially going up to Gold Coast, potentially coming to Port Adelaide. Tasmania. Tasmania, exactly. So there's a lot of water to go under the bridge there. And like you said, uh, you know, he's served his time brilliantly at the Richmond Football Club and wherever he ends up, uh, in whatever role he ends up in, uh, I think he's going to be fantastic at. I think the other point, which is fascinating me, and I actually did run into Kane Corns yesterday, and we spoke about it briefly, that Ken Hinckley gets a lot of heat from Port supporters, yet he's so well respected within the game. He's in demand. Essendon wanted him. Mm-hmm. He was offered a contract. Yes. Now, there was rumours around that Gold Coast were offering a contract as well, and yep. they're saying now Richmond. So isn't it ironic that he is so well respected within the industry? It's, it's also uh, interesting that... Uh, yeah, the supporters are the ones that are driving it. And I know you can't listen to supporters when it comes to making decisions like that. 
But at the moment, Port seem to be playing for Ken yeah, in no, a way that they haven't been for quite some time. Again, it's such a fine line, though. Like, you think mm-hmm. the kick from Sydney, Sydney goes half a yard further. One other decision, like if Jonas had correctly been paid the free kick against yes. him for the for the dangerous tackle, which it should have been, yes. appalling umpiring, by the way, um, and I, that umpire should be dropped, changes everything. Yep. So it is, it is fine. It is. Um, all right, we'll leave that one as it is. Um, we'll move on. Um, North Melbourne v Sydney with the controversy. Oh. Mate, I knew you'd have something to say about this. I didn't put it on the run sheet. On the, I wanted to surprise you with it. I'm sorry. I've got wow. no sympathy for North Melbourne. The rule's been there for over 10 years. I'm sorry. If you need to take your shoes and socks off to count, you don't deserve to it. Deserve to win. 75, it's updated every quarter. So it's not like it's... Well, they were actually made aware of it yeah. by, by the AFL uh, umpire on the uh, on the boundary. So close. saying you're getting close, you need to keep an eye on it. And still stuff it up. It's All right, yeah, there was somebody coming off for an injury and then also come someone coming off for the rotation, but... One minute to go. Yes. Let's play this smart. Yep. Double check. The eyes cross the T's. No, extraordinary. Look. You'll wear that at Div 3 Reserves if there was a rule and you've got you know the only one official and he's playing as mm-hmm. well yep. and there's a mistake there. Yeah, yep. mistake. Absolutely. I'm sorry. We're talking the elite level. No no sympathy for North Melbourne whatsoever, personally. North Melbourne obviously had uh, their coach uh, depart the previous week. Uh, Brett Ratton steps yeah. in. Um, there was an obvious uplift that always happens with a team that um, has a has a coach that departs. Um Geez, North Melbourne would be killing themselves that they're in, in with let, a great let's opportunity. Let's also be honest with that. That area is so bad that if that's another nationality playing cricket, we'd be accusing that of match fixing. Mm-hmm. So stop being this Australian mm. righteousness. We never do anything wrong. Yep, it's an atrocious error. Yes, spot on. Uh, Sydney were lucky to get out of jail yep. on that one. To be honest with you, uh, ball was down their end, so you never know what might have happened. But at the end of the day, the free kick in fifty meters was paid. And ironically, there was a Sydney event that night celebrating previous premierships and that in Melbourne. And uh, Rick Harley was there. And uh, Rick did say the mood, while it was a way, a different way and not a great way to win, he said it certainly helped the night. Hey, four four points is four points, isn't it? It may have added a couple of zeros on a couple of things which got auctioned. So, (laughs) yes. Fair enough. Uh, everyone's a winner and yes. unfortunately everyone's a loser in that case. All right, mate, we move on. Frio uh, did the job against Geelong. Bit of a surprise for both of us. Yeah, a little bit. Jeez. But the old golden rule almost, if in doubt, tip the home side. Home side yep. um, no danger field. Like, you know, I think we really realised, because he was dominating. He was yep. back to his best. He was indeed. And he's in the handful of the best players in the comp. A couple of slow rounds early on. We thought that might be the case, considering they played in the grand final. It's always a couple of weeks behind everybody else. And then all of a sudden, they hit a purple patch, doesn't play, and the results are are Mm. quite stark. And, gee, Cameron was on fire early on in the year and haven't really heard a lot from him in the last couple of weeks, but that can change pretty quickly. He's got the ball. His stats just... Getting the ball still been okay, but not kicking goals. Yep. And they need more goals from him. Absolutely. Uh, Brisbane defeating the Suns by 43 points. No real surprise there. But G- uh, Gold Coast were around the mark for almost three quarters. And then Brisbane's last quarter was just amazing. Pretty, pretty, it was very, very, very impressive. The Suns are really improved this year. And, and look, I hope they make finals for Stuart G. Um, 
but I just see them maybe finishing that ninth or tenth. But I think they're starting to play some pretty good footy. Essen uh, defeating Richmond by a point. Uh, I actually watched a bit of this game, and boy, boy, there was some well, was crazy a, decisions. It was a weird game because mm. Essendon played the better footy all night. Yes, but managed to be behind. Yep. Um, I couldn't work out that Richmond just continually allowed Essendon to chip it around, use it. I thought it cried out a couple of times, hey, let's go one-on-one and yep. let's force more contests here. Yep. And, yeah, then some just bizarre errors where Richmond, the three of them mm. behind the ball, all way too close together. Yep. Now, to try and say, oh, Grimes got a lucky, an unlucky bounce, but he should have been five yards further back. Yep. I'm watching that going... Where are you? Hang on. You're, yes. not, a, you're not an experienced and I, kid. And I reckon there was a, a, a quick kick out of defence that ended up going to the centre of the ground rather than along the boundary. Yeah, it was a bit of a comedy of errors, wasn't it? And then Rewalt, where he socketed out, where he would have been better off even lying down on the ball, even getting caught holding the ball. Yep, there, just to keep, keep it there, um, keep it in the area, yeah, or was, at least allow them to reset. Yeah, it was, um, it was weird. It was uh, one point victors to Essendon there. Um, bottom of the table clash, Hawthorne v the Eagles. I think we got a bit of a, a look at what a potential waffle or SNFL side against an AFL side uh, the result may have been. Yeah, I know. They've, I know they've got eight million, but to lose to Hawthorne by twenty goals, I'm mm. sorry, I, I'm actually surprised that Simpson. Su- yeah, um, Simpson survived. Yes. The week. So, yep, uh, 22-10 to 4-6 is a damning stat. But um, yeah, I don't think there's much um, much more that the Eagles can do at the moment as they're waiting for Adam Simpson you're looking for. Um, uh, there's not much more the Eagles can do at the moment. Do we potentially see Simpson moving on at the end of the year as well? It's I'll, a, I would think so. Touch, I, I, touch yeah, and go I'll, one, I'll be it? very surprised if he stays. Uh, Carlton v Collingwood, this one was built up to be a bit of a big game for the Blues. Uh, a bit like Adelaide, just didn't quite turn up, did they? But they still look just so dimensional that it's Kurnow, McKay or Bust. And mm-hmm. Yeah, you're watching at the moment going, hang on, where's your chip, where's your run, where's your change-up? Yep. And, yeah, it's... it's Coming again, in, it's, they're relying on Saad to do a lot of that off the half-back flank, but you can't have the ball no. in his hand 24-7. It just doesn't work that way. I, um, but yeah, at the crazy. moment, they look... Even on TV, they look predictable. Yep. Not you're not even there, and you're going. Well, this is going to go to Mackay. This is going to go to Kerno. Yep. And, and more be... and more took him to the cleaners. Yep. Yeah, and he was having a day out, and mm. sort of let him know after the game that he had a lot of fun, knowing that that ball was just going to come to him each and every time. So why not go chaos ball and just boot it in low, boot it in low along the ground? Let's play a bit of chaos footy for a while. Moore's intercepting everything. Let's change it up mm-hmm. and try something. But ha- yeah, that that's the thing which. I find really frustrating the lack of chaos footy. Yep. Well, we go back to uh, Damien Hardwick sort of in- introduced the imperfection, yeah. bringing in accepting imperfection. Force it forward. Collingwood forward. are doing it well at the moment. I think the Crows are doing it reasonably well at the moment. They used to be quite predictable and going for their big guys up forward, but when you've got Rochelle and Rankin sort of crumbing at their feet, yeah. you can afford to get it in there anyway, anyhow, and it's just, it's just going to be at their feet. And I think you're right. Carlton just need to ad- adopt... The uh, imperfection, um, chaos-type ball yeah. that could actually pay off for them. All right, and the last game of the round was uh, St Kilda defeating GWS. Yeah, close game. Uh, and that, and then and again, the, the return of the King. Yeah. You know, Max King is their most important player. I think he's their best player too, but I think he, with him and Marshall are their two most important players. Yep. 
you know, does that make St Kilda a little more one-dimensional with King coming back, or does does that sort of free up a couple of those forwards to to you know how you talk about your your, your key forward who takes your number one back, your second takes your second back, and so on. And I think so on. It, hopefully it's a bit. And if he crumbs, you've got Higgins and Butler. To That's there, what so, I'm sort of asking. Know, yeah. Yeah. You know, yes, you can say it's a bit more dimensional, but. Hey, King's pretty special. Absolutely. And Ross Lyon is very methodical in yeah. his approach. So I can understand the uh, methodical approach. Yeah. All right, mate, we move on. Round 11. Um, Sydney v Carlton at the SCG. Wow. If in doubt, go the home side. That's my only one for there. Uh, I, I sort of expect Carlton a, a result. Yeah, um, look, I'm going to pick Carlton in an upset. Yeah, I... I yeah. It's a toss of the coin. It but, is a toss of the coin, and I think they're going to—they're probably going to burn me because I—I uh, have picked them a few times this year, and they have burned me. But I reckon they might just get the job job done over Sydney. All right, we move on. St Kilda v Hawthorne. Um, yeah, I'll go St Kilda. St Kilda as well for me on that one. This is a big test for the Dockers. Melbourne v Fremantle. Yeah, and, and no Oliver. Oliver's out for a, for a extended period. Yeah, could go either way, but I'll I'll still go Melbourne. I'm back Melbourne one one. It's in Melbourne, and I think Frio are just starting to get their legs yeah. going, but I don't think they'll have enough firepower. Although I said that against Port Adelaide last week, and they proved me wrong. So we'll see how we go. Geelong v GWS. Uh, a lot of injuries for GWS. Uh, they've lost two to concussion mm-hmm. protocols. Um, and Kelly's out as well with a hamstring. Yep. Nick Haynes was one on the concussion. I'm trying to remember the other one. Yep. But no, I'll go Geelong down there. Sure. Second shortest odds of the uh, weekend yeah. being that it's at GMHBA Stadium. You can't go past Geelong down there. The Suns v the Bulldogs up in Northern Territory. T- yeah, so it's Iowa Stadium. Neutral game. Mm. I'll go Western Bulldogs. I'll go the Bulldogs too, but only just. Yep. I think it's going to be a bit close. And, yeah, and, no, it'll be, should be a good game. And just going back to GWS uh, in the previous game, that battled pretty well all yeah, year. I'm, I'm actually quite impressed with how they've uh, that but they've been playing. And the Suns are in the same boat, but I think the Bulldogs in this case. Uh, the Eagles v Essendon over in Perth. I wouldn't tip the Eagles against Kelvin A to C grade at the moment. That's pretty kind, I think. Yeah. Um, Essendon as well for me. Obviously, the shortest priced favourites. Gamble responsibly, of course. Uh, huge game here now. Um, Port Adelaide v Richmond. I'm going. I, I know the the new coach bit and that first week and all that, but I'm going to go for Port. I, I I just it's got a feeling those three on the G might light up. I'll go Port Adelaide as well, mate. I'm I'm sort of in your boat going, yes, I know Richmond are going to come out yeah. and have a point to prove. Uh, but oh, Port are on such a roll at the moment. I mean, seven in a row, looking for eight. Um, they've got a good opportunity against Richmond. So, yeah, it goes against my better judgment to back Port every now and then. But yeah. on this occasion, I think you might be right. So I'll go with Port as well. Collingwood v North Melbourne. Uh, next. Next it is, Collingwood yeah. it is. And to finish off the round, Adelaide v Brisbane. Intriguing, this one. It is, but I'll go Brisbane. They are, you know... They don't, I think, travel, I, they don't travel that yeah, well sometimes. I, I just think they're a better side. Yeah. But mind you, pain out injured and in, in concussion probably evens it up a little bit. That that does weaken them in defence. Yep. So if the Crows can cut out 
Harrison Andrews, like they cut out Wilkie a couple of weeks ago from intercepting. Yep. I think it could be a close game. Okay. Yeah, I think Brisbane as well. As much as, again, want to pick the Crows as well, and they've burnt me a few times as well. It does happen from time to time. But, um, yeah, I think Brisbane, you're right, are just going to have that little bit of class about them. Uh, and you watch Adelaide will probably kick eight goals in the first quarter and, um, and so. make us look silly. Anyway, all right, mate, we move on. SNFL, uh, obviously there were no games last weekend, but South Australia defeating Western Australia. Yeah, a battle on a weird time slot, let's be honest. Yep. 3.10 on a Friday afternoon. I, I, I don't get, while while the players want to play at Adelaide Oval, that's fine. But surely, therefore, the week before, after the Crows v St Kilda game, which was a 12.40 game on the on the, on the mm-hmm. Saturday, surely that game yep. could have started at, say, 3.30 on the Sunday. You've already got 30,000 people there. Yep. Five to ten thousand are going to hang around. Yep. The start of the the start of the state game on Sunday on uh, Friday. Friday. Sorry. Yep. My understanding is there was less than two hundred people in the yep. Oval. It was like a Sheffield Shield Shield crowd. Yep. Uh, obviously, it was made for radio and and TV yeah. and and like we talked about the recruiters. Um, but well done to South Australia back to back. I believe it's the last four against four. WA. There you go. So, so yeah. thank you for for uh, correcting me on that 50, one, mate. Fifty forty eight now. I think. Now it is against WA. Yep. So, yeah. I knew that we'd won the last two because yep. they were tight contests yes. as well. So, um, very good. And and uh, McBean was all over it early on and really sort of set them up and, and got them going. Yeah, and then I got you know, a couple of people said lucky free in the last quarter. I actually thought it was there. But I actually thought of what I haven't watched the whole replay mm-hmm. again yet. But I've, from what I've seen so far, I actually thought the umpiring was pretty good. So, yeah. And Jimmy Rowe taking home the uh, Foss Williams medal? Yeah, just use the ball, runs to the right spot. I, I still think he's hasn't nominated players at AFL. Hasn't nominated for the mid-season no, draft, I think which bit, was interesting. I think he's a bit decided. I think he's settled doing him. I think he's a – Jimmy's a pretty good kid. He's um, well, he's not a kid, but wants to work. Yep. Doesn't like just the footy bit, I think. So, okay. yeah, good luck to we'll him. Also, a bit of work-life balance, and yeah. the SNFL probably provides that work-life balance. Fantastic. All right, mate, we move on to this week's game. Norwood v Adelaide at Norwood Oval. Uh, Adelaide. Adelaide as well. Uh, can't make a case for uh, Norwood at the moment, no. and Adelaide uh, just seemed to be very, very well drilled and organised, and, and their AFL team's probably showing that. Uh, West Adelaide v the Eagles. I'll go the Eagles. I'll go the Eagles as well. Uh Bulldogs v the Tigers, Centrals v the Tigers. While Centrals have improved, Glenelg have been pretty impressive the last last uh, few. I was at, I saw part of the game against North Adelaide. Yep. Decided to drop my iPad so I didn't see the whole game. <laughs> I've had better, better weeks. Um, always the way. Yeah, leave a couple of things out. Um, I'll go Glenelg. Glenelg as well for me on that one. Um, the Tigers uh, had a few representatives in that state game last week who did play very, very well. Yeah. And I expect them to carry on their form. Uh, this one's an interesting mouthwatering battle. Uh, the Roosters, North Adelaide v Port Adelaide. Yeah, I'd like to see who comes in, how many AFL things they'll go. But I'll I'll tip North to rebound. I'll pick North Adelaide as well at home. Um, and they've had the wood over the Port yes, Magpies or Port for Power for a couple of games at least. Um, so I'll, I'll pick North Adelaide as well. And to finish off the round at Flinders University Stadium, Panthers v Sturt. Uh, I'll go Sturt. You've just got to at the moment. <laughs> Hard to go past Sturt as well. This is yeah. where I'm at as as well with it. Uh, good luck to uh, all the teams on the weekend. And um, let's see if 
Norwood can get their first win and whether Sturt go on with their um, unbeaten record to the season 2023. Yes. All right, mate. Uh, very, very quickly, we'll talk about Adelaide United, uh, unfortunately eliminated in the semi final. Yeah, same again. Result, I think that's three years in a row. That's where they've gone out. Central Coast again yeah. being their bogey team bogey at the team. moment. Yep. So, yeah, no, disappointing. Um, season promised a lot at various times. Seemed to run out of petrol right towards the end. Mm-hmm. Fell away in that last month. So, yeah, disappointing end by Adelaide United. Certainly their young ones. Carl V has played their young ones uh, consistently throughout yeah. the season. So, you know, getting some really good results with those young ones. The problem is they play really, really well and then they get offered contracts overseas. So it's a bit of a catch-22. You, you want to help a player in their career, but you also want to want to keep them too. Yeah, and Riley McGree getting knocked out for Middlesbrough um, in the championship finals. was He had a couple of half chances and just... Yep. Got one cleared off the line. Yep. Things just it just didn't quite work, yeah. and especially yeah. in the soccer or football. Um, yeah, it's a fine line between pleasure and pain yes. in all these sports that we're talking yes. about. Uh, the EPL, mate, uh, Man City finishes top. Yeah, just Arsenal have fallen right away. So. Well, that was my next question. Arsenal season success or failure, do you think? A bit of both. Um, yeah, I'm in the same camp going, yeah. you know, promise so much, but just under-delivered at the wrong time of the year. Yeah, and just in the end where it looked like it was going to go to the wire, yep, it's turned out to be a pretty comprehensive championship for Man City. And Man City, if the last couple of years have been all over the all over the Premier League, so uh, yeah, it's up up for a few to start chasing. And there was more rumours during the year there was going to be penalties against Man City, and that seems to have died a bit of a death. So mm-hmm. it's got to wait and see. Well, there. you never know. End of yeah. the season coming up, yeah. they might uh, follow it through a little yeah. bit more. It might end up for next year. Mm. All right, mate, we'll take a quick break. Once we return from the break, we'll uh, we'll talk about the SNFL, W, the basketball and the NRL state of origin. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, mate, we'll talk about the NBA finals. Um, interesting final series. We did have a couple of... Um, lower rank seeded teams yeah. make the final, uh, especially the conference finals. Um, but Denver go on to defeat LA four 0 That was quite comprehensive in the end. Yeah, surprisingly, very so surprising. comprehensive. Yeah, you, know, you thought Denver might, you know, might win it, but not, yep. not, not kabang like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and at the moment, Miami leading Boston Celtics three um, one. Mm. Game five on Sunday. Um, Boston really needed to win today yeah. to stay in it, and they did. So uh, it'll be very interesting. Um, yeah, LA. I just can't. I, I'm still shaking my head at that one there, but um, yeah, I think it looks like it's going to be a, a Denver Miami final. Yep. Um, but we'll see how we go. You never know. By this time uh, next week, we could be talking about it all changing around. All right, we move on. SNFLW. The final rounds were held on the weekend, and we have our final four. Uh, Panthers v the Bulldogs. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one that South have just won a lot of close games. Now the game is at Norlunga, mm-hmm. so I'll go South. But honestly, I, I that is a toss of the coin. Absolutely, uh, it is a double header at, uh, yeah, look, at I, Norlunga as well. I don't which quite is, get that. Yeah, which is interesting. Well, considering it, so Nord placed at two ten on the afternoon when the Crows game. Starts at four forty, and you would have thought a lot of Norden Sturt supporters may well go. Yep. To uh, Adelaide Oval. Yes. I don't get 
why it's not a triple header on the Saturday with 18s and 16s mm-hmm. at Nord followed by the women's game. I, okay. I I find that I just don't get it that one I'd have had. So Nord, have fi- Nord finished third. Yep. And I couldn't have cared if it was Sturt. Sure. Have it, have it at Unley, whatever. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But I just don't get it why we're playing Nord versus Sturt on a Sunday afternoon at Norlunga. I'm sorry, for the average supporter like myself, I would have been I would have probably been there on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm no, you can't. Go, I'm not yep. going to go no longer on the Sunday. No. Um, is it a case of whoever finishes tops would, top would have hosted? So if the Bulldogs had finished top, would it have both been out of the Elizabeth? You suspect so. Yeah. And it sort of looks a bit that way. I just don't get why we're not using mm-hmm. – we play triple headers other times during the year. Yep. Why not? Absolutely. After, you know, and the Norwood Juniors game started at 11 on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So 11 – 11-1, basically. Yep. This game could have started at, th- at three. Yep. Yeah, I don't get it. Okay, interesting. Uh, maybe it was already pre-planned that that yeah. was the way it was going to go. I mean, if Nord had finished top, then they would have had to try to fit everybody in as well. Yes. So it is an interesting one. But anyway, uh, the Panthers v. the Bulldogs. Who's your tip, mate? Because it's at Norlunga, I'll go south. Absolutely. It's just interesting the bigger ground, yep. so that always that extra kick, yep. which is massive in in women's footy yep. to score. Well, the Ponderosa is not exactly yeah, uh, a big ground is, as well. It's not so small at least either. In that way, it's it's the two. Yeah, absolutely. And so, oh look, Ben Hunt's done a great job with the dogs. So, yep. um, and and we've been talking about them just steadily getting there, winning a couple of games here or there, and it's allowed them to finish second. Well, it's the first time the women's um, central women's side have made the finals. Yep. So yeah, it'll be. they they did it in style. Played twelve, won nine, lost three, eighteen yeah. points for the year, and a, and a reasonable percentage yeah. as well. So, congratulations to the Bulldogs and best of luck on the weekend. And obviously, the second uh, final was Nord v Sturt. And the male is at Sturt got a few back, and they were very impressive against Glenelg, which I thought that game would have been a close game. Yes. And Sturt blew them out of the water and, and really hammered. Mm-hmm. They won easily. Do you think the bigger ground will suit Sturt more or will it suit Nord? I mean, both Nord and Sturt are not exactly huge grounds. I do think Sturt have probably got a few more scoring options. Yep. Obviously, I hope I'm wrong. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I'll go I'll go Sturt. I think I have to back you on that one, mate. Um, a couple of representatives came back a couple of weeks ago and since they've been back after their state uh, representation, uh, Sturt have been on fire. So, Yes, I'm with you. I hope that I'm wrong with that tip, but good luck to Sturt yeah. and uh, certainly back in the The SNFL uh, W ladder finished uh, South Adelaide top, Central second, Norwood third, Sturt fourth, Glenelg fifth, North Adelaide sixth, Woodville West Torrens seventh and West Adelaide eighth. Probably the interesting one there is North Adelaide, who've been the dominant team in Sample W, the reigning premiers. Mm-hmm. Not making finals is a big upset. Finishing with four wins and eight losses. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. So, um, obviously, South Adelaide with ten, ten wins and uh, nine to Central, seven to Norwood and six to Sturt and six to Glenelg. So, yeah, very, very close in percentage. All right, last one, mate. Uh, the NRL um, State of Origin comes to Adelaide. Look, I, while I'm not a huge rugby man, it's a big event to get it here. And, you know, it does get... 40-odd thousand at Adelaide Oval. So it's a big event next week. I think it's next Yeah, the 29th. Wednesday, yep, I think. yep, that's correct. Um, so Tuesday, is it? Tuesday, Tuesday. Wednesday, yeah. yes. Yeah, so big event here. Um, yeah, be 
Interesting to see how it goes. It's, uh, yeah, the state of origin always brings up that, you know, do we go back to South Australia v Victoria and so on and so on. It'll ignite the debate, but is it good that we get game one here in SA? It, it sounds like it's going to be a sellout. Yeah, and it may well get the 50,000. Oh, it's fantastic. It should be amazing. It's a great, it's great for SA. Uh, just uh, following up the ladder at the moment, Panthers sitting top, Rabbitohs second, Sharks third, Broncos fourth, Storm fifth, Dolphins 6th, Warriors 7th, and the Raiders taking out the top 8. So some movers and shakers Shakers, in there, and the Dolphins are still hanging around in their first year. We might cover that a little bit more next week. All right, mate, we're going to take a quick break, and tonight's special guest uh, in a two-part series is Tim Ginova. Great man, Timmy G. Very funny man. Well, we will say Nord Football Club. Port Adelaide Football Club and Woodville and Woodville Football Club, yep. um, but we had to chuck in the Nord yes, there because it's yes. a, it's going to be an entertaining interview yes. asking him about that, um, and obviously his role in the media, which we'll get to in part yeah. two next week. Definitely. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break, and once we come back, uh, Timmy G. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Past players, past legends, past legends. Tonight we're privileged to have Tim Geneva on the on the line. Tim, three hundred and fourteen games for Port, three hundred and two goals, uh, seven time Port's uh, Premiership player. Uh, Port Adelaide captain, 94-97. Port Best and Ferris, 94-97. South Australian Footy Hall of Fame in 2015. There is another premiership we will come back to in that as well, which uh, Tim Tim tries to hide about. So we, we will come back to that. And Dwayne Stewart messages him each year with, that, with the most significant achievement of his footy career. And also Port coach as well, Tim, but you weren't ever up for long service leave there, mate. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Right, so thanks let's for get the insults out the way. Yeah. All right? Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, that's all we've got time for. We've done all your stats. That's all we've got time for. Mate, uh, let, let's start, obviously, back with your junior days, obviously growing up down in Port Adelaide there. Yeah, look, um, it was uh, it was a bit different. I was uh, one of ten kids with five older brothers. So Seventh you know, child syndrome. Seventh child syndrome, correct? But the, the, I suppose the competition started in the backyard, like a lot of uh, families would have in the seventies, and it was uh, it was the best breeding ground, I suppose, you could get as far as footy, cricket, tennis, whatever we could play, uh, we did. And uh, we had my mum had a bit of a theory where we could invite any mate we wanted to um, in the backyard because she said, well, look, if you're all in my backyard, at least I knew where mine were. <laughs> and, uh, Can't argue with that. So we, we always had a, a backyard full of sport going on and it could be, like I said, any of those sports that were happening and it could be all different age groups. And, of course, being that little bit younger, it was uh, you have to earn your spot. So, And there was no uh, – well – there was no compensation for uh, age or size, but uh, yeah, so that's that's probably where the, the first competitive uh, competition would have happened in my life, and then it, it developed into to playing uh, for your school and and for well, I would say a local club, but it didn't really work out like that for me. It ended up we were living in Mansfield Park, and my brother John, who was going to Woodville High at the time, who's ten years older than me, his mate uh, talked him into playing for Semaphore Park, so. 
that was like donkeys away. But if it wasn't Dad in, in the combi van when he wasn't doing afternoon shift, we'd all get in the back of that with our mates and off we go down Bower Road to Semaphore Parks over then on Military Road back in those days. And then uh, uh, if it wasn't that, that, somebody else would be picking us up and bringing all our mates because we were probably half the teams were loaded up with, with Genevas and their friends. So <laughs> it was quite bizarre. And, and I, I love those days because that was part of the Port Adelaide Junior Footy Leagues. And, and that's where I first started uh, started playing competitively. And what isn't generally known is either is you're actually a Woodville junior and you played in a Woodville 1978 mini league premiership side. Yeah, correct. Yeah, well, so we were zoned to Woodville back then and um, uh, the mini league, of course, you have all the teams play and then they got a representative side and we played this huge carnival at Woodville Oval and ended up playing Sturt in the grand final and uh, Todd Viney was coach, uh, sorry, captain of Sturt and we ended up uh, with our coaches of Ralph Sewer and Lindsay Heaven <laughs> getting up and, and winning the grand final. And it was bloody fantastic. Well, time to get thinking... home with those two as yeah, coach. Well... <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> would, uh, I think they might have celebrated and left us behind. But uh, it was uh, a, a terrific day. And, and I remember, I think it was Woodville's first ever premiership of any level or, or any um, level. And Coca-Cola Mini Cup, as they called it. And um, it was just a fantastic day. And Greg Anderson actually played in the side as well. Yeah, I am looking me. at that side mm. as we speak. Uh, yep. And, of course, coached by Ralph. Well, we're not sure. Is Ralph off the stage from the 80s, uh, the 80s show we had a couple of years ago yet? Uh, oh. Tim, is he still speaking? <laughs> he was still telling stories, wasn't he? Oh, I love see. that, though. When, you know, gold. when you get a bloke like Ralph and he's in the mood to tell stories, you just let him go. Oh, he was... I reckon he honestly... He would have just kept going all night if, if, if you hadn't stopped. He was gold. So. It was fantastic, and I love, I love getting guys like that to reminisce about yeah. those times, and it, it, that was a really good day. Sportsman's Nights, uh, oh, right. absolutely was, uh, gold, really. It was. He was incredible that day. So I'm not sure he was certainly what keener to be uh, uh, keep talking than Paul Truck Pisani was to draw the raffle. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Could not get Truck to do anything oh, that geez. day. He was going to pull a hamstring running the other way, Truck. Oh, God, that was funny. That was good value. Bloody good day. So Mansfield Park and then Woodville High, Tim. Yeah, so it was it was a bit unusual, you know, being Mansfield Park. Not many kids went to Woodville High. They mainly went to what was originally Angle Park Tech, which then changed into the Parks Community Centre when they um, redeveloped that uh, whole um, high school. And it, and it was most well, – all of my mates bar one – went there, and me and my other mate, um, we rode our bikes to Woodville every day um, because my elder brothers had gone there as well. So um, went up to Woodville High, which had a, an incredible yeah. history of, of, of sporting uh, greats and very strong in hockey it was and, and also Australian rules footy with many, many a good name out of that. I think when the advertiser did its recent um, yeah, it was a you know, high school time. teams. Yeah. I think we got third or something like that because yeah. so, there was there were some really good names in it. So, um, so yes, played played uh, footy at, uh, at Woodville High and then had your good self, Malcolm Mumpire, a couple of games. So yeah, we will get that, to that. that. <laughs> they were good times. And then yes. yeah, like I said, I played in the Port Adelaide Junior Footy League uh, as well at Summerfall Park at the time, which ended up becoming um, West Lakes, which then merged with St Michael's, which then became 
St. Michael's old scholars, Hyde Marsh and Westlake. So Smosh Westlake's now. Yes, yeah. And I actually remember when we swapped over from Military Road over to this new ground that, that they built. Um, and that was the, oh, I think the back end of 1978 for the start of the 79 season. And that's where the ground is today. Let's not gloss over the fact that also you played in the 78 Sapsars estate side, uh, uh, which I have got the photo in front of me. I admit I am trying to pick a couple out there as well. So Yeah, I haven't got it in front of me, Malcolm, but there, here's some names that I can remember. Up the back left-hand corner, there's a tall guy. Yes. His name is Peter, Peter Sexton. He actually played in the 36ers okay. championship yes. in 1986. Yep, yep. Yeah. So he ended up being a very good basketballer. And I ran into Pete just uh, this year when I went to MC their uh, Legends room, which Brett Maher and Scott Ninnis yep. talk in. And they said, oh, Timmy, this is Pete. I said, Pete Sexton. And he said, Timmy, you remember? I said, remember? Mate, we're under 12 champions yeah. together. How could I forget? So, yeah, it was really good to catch up with him and have a good yarn about that trip. But, Jeez, you know, of he's course, a, Todd he's Bonnie a fair bit taller than anyone else in that he side, was. just quietly. Yeah, he's he almost was. as tall yeah. as the coach. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And he, uh, for that reason, he played in the ruck as, as well. But uh, but Todd Bonnie was the captain. Yeah. And there was uh, guys, it's quite a successful team when you look at it. There's, I think there's Wayne Marnie, Daryl Borlase, Roger Yes, I Gerdham. thought it was Daisy. Yep. Roger Gurdam's in there. David Foote played a lot of good footy yep. for, um, for Torrance. Uh, who else is in there? Oh, there's a couple. Uh, Gary Argus played Sturt. Yeah, and, yep. and Kilburn Motorcycling yeah. Tattoo Club. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, five in a state game against Victoria. Correct, he did. Oh, jeez, I'm just trying to remember that, that, some of the other lads that are yeah, in there. Todd Viney, was... Todd Viney in a mini-league game kicked the casual seven goals mm-hmm. for Sturt in a mini-league game yep. and got a standing ovation at Unley. And he that, was uh, afraid. Yeah, wow. He yeah. was amazing. He used to um, he used to backspin. He'd oh. grab the ball and then backspin pirouette out of packs. And the kids just didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know what was going on or how to tackle him. He was like the, the Tassie devil on the... Bugs Bunny show. It was it was amazing, but the way he pulled through and he had so much power already. But it was quite a, an irony in that. And I was talking about this to some Sturt guys, um, where I actually that was the last time I saw Todd. It was the under twelve championship, yeah. and the first we went. And ironically, I heard that the Sapsaza team's going to Albury Wodonga this year, um, and that's where we went to play the championship. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, I'll never forget, we had a, a, a rest day, and I think it might have been a Saturday. And Anyway, Todd's billet and my billet, because you remember the days of billeting where you just got shoved with a random family yep, somewhere. Yep. <laughs> Off you go, 12-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, I did that, I did that oh, in Melbourne one yeah. year. So yeah, we, we all did it. We yeah. did, yeah. Yep. Pete, it was it's bizarre, isn't it, that you yes. think about it these days. Absolutely. They dare let it happen. But so we we um caught up and they said, Oh, we're gonna go and see this new movie in town. Do you wanna come? And Todd and I said, Yeah, no worries. So anyway, you know, we got in, got the popcorn and that sort of thing and sat down and I said, Do you know this movie? He said, No, nah, I've got no idea. And I'm not lying, the movie was Greece, nineteen seventy eight. Jeez. Can you believe it? We saw Greece together for the first time ever. So it's quite a moment uh, in our histories, but yeah, what happened was he was such a good tennis player. Yes, because um, yep. he was he was he was a state tennis player at the same time. He pursued 
tennis and, and off he went. And and we never saw him again because, you know, you expect to come, come across him in juniors or yeah. other state teams and we just didn't see him. And, of course, he came back off the circuit when he was 19, I reckon, mm. and he came back to play for Sturt. Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget we played him uh, round two, I reckon, footy park, 85, and I'm um, realising he's playing and I'm pretty excited. Firstly, I've got to get the job done, got to win first. Yep. And we win, and then I'm beelining him to go and shake hands. And I didn't know whether he'd remember me. And he ran straight to me as well and beelined me. And I've got this photo, this black and white photo of me, him, and Greg Whittlesey coming off the ground and me and him smiling, beaming at each other as we've just sort of shaken hands and reconnected. It's a a great photo, one I absolutely love, and I I probably should get a copy and send it to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's am- it's amazing how those childhood memories and childhood friends uh, carry right through even to today. Oh, Greg, well, Whitt- Greg Whittles is one do. of the great blokes in footy as well. Yep. He's oh, awesome one of the absolute ripper, that fella. Um, um, he, he cleaned me up and picked me up and apologised. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are talking about an under-12 <laughs> Sapsaza yeah. that's uh, stood the test of time. Now, let's, yeah. let's get to it, Tim. Your greatest <laughs> achievement of your football career, <laughs> the thing which comes first – the thing you hold dearly, <laughs> celebrate each year. Of course, you played in a Nord under-15 competition premiership side. And don't you rev- revel in being reminded of that. And, and I would like to congratulate Dwayne Stewart that he does message you. And, and let me say, I actually, I'm actually i a massive Nord supporter and I respect Port Adelaide immensely. And when I heard that, I said, Malcolm, you, you're pulling my leg, right? Oh, he know. goes, no, 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 this is dead set true. Yeah. So we had to get you on, mate. We had to, we had to ask the question. Oh, Pete, and you played you with know, Storm Boy. You know, yes, I did, Greg Rowe. Um, but, Pete, every person in life has a sin on their soul, and this is mine. <laughs> Very good. And I, I've tried all types of baptisms, you name it, to remove it, but it keeps coming back to haunt me. Oh, he was but, pretty uh, happy when I, when I interviewed him, when I found out about it, because he, yeah, he, was he wasn't exactly going to mention it when I interviewed him no. originally. And then I've gone, ah, Tim, how about your Nord Premierships? He's gone, oh, Jesus, how'd you find that? You know, you know I blame for that, Malcolm, for actually reigniting it, is a bloke called Terry Barch. He played some yes. um, footy at Nord and coached a fair bit in, in amateur league and country yep. leagues. And I was dealing with Terry Barch at um, – because uh, I was at the at the Little Heroes and he yep. was told transport and they were big supporters yes. at a massive yep. golf day. And Terry and I go on like a house on fire and, of course, loved uh, our footy. And one day he said to me, hey, did you play at Nord? And I said, no. Nah. And he said, <laughs> don't bullshit me. He said, I've got a – he said, I've got a yearbook from 1980 that says the under-15s, congratulations, uh, won the night premiership on blah, 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 and then, and here's the lineup. And he said, and there's a T. Jennifer in it. I said, I'm sorry, Terry, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that's you. I said, oh. I said, look, it is. It is. And uh, I, he said, how did that happen? Of course, I told him the story. And he's gone, he's gone this is unbelievable. Anyway, he let it run right. He, I think he actually put it in a bloody – uh, it must have been a Nord newsletter. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I I can't remember how I found I, oh, It may mate. have been with Stewie. I reckon it might have been having a chat with Dwayne Stewart and Dwayne might have brought it up, I reckon. Well, I, I, was I don't think it was Fanta, to... I admit that. No. I think it was Stewie. Well, 
Well, see, Fanner went over to the Bulldogs and he was out of the out of the state for a while, so I was happy about that. He always <laughs> mentions that. So I was pretty happy. But it was a, it was a, an amazing set of circumstances, Pete, on, on how yeah. it happened. Where so my primary school um, teacher and footy coach at the time uh, in '78, who um, sort of pushed me through to the to, to the under twelve SAP Sarza, he just gave me a phone call a couple of years later. And uh, said, oh, Timmy, um, here you going, da, da, da. I said, yeah, good, mate. I'm thinking, Mr. Robinson, what are you calling me for? And um, he goes, oh, I'm, I'm coaching in this under-15 competition. And da, da, da. I said, oh, that's good, yeah. And I'm thinking, why is he ringing me? Maybe he's coaching Woodville, you know. And he goes, um, and I'm actually coaching uh, Norwood, and, and I'd love you to come out and play. I said, I'm not coming out and play Norwood. No way. And he goes, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's under-15 competition. I said, well, you, you understand, I have to play for Woodville anyway. I said, I'm in the zone. He said, Woodville don't have a team. And I said, oh, ripper, because this is right at the beginning of, of under-15s being created. Yep. And and I said, well, that's great news. I said, I can go and play for Port Adelaide. And I'm thinking, you ripper, the dream's coming true. <laughs> and he goes, Port don't have a team in this year either. I said, oh, God. I said, all right, well, I don't care anyway. I'm not playing. And he, and he started going, he said, no, I really need you and blah, blah, and all this. And and then he just said one thing that clicked my ears up. And he goes, and, and we play on a Wednesday night at Febberton. And I went, night time? And he goes, yeah, night time. Now, you got to remember, this is 1980. Yeah. The only night games mm. that were played back then were the Art of Cup. Cut, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And things like that. Like, night footy was a rarity. Yes. And and. I never forget, I'll think, wow, because I used to go to Norwood and watch, you know, Norwood play East for Mantle or yep, something like yep. that. or And then they'd wear, wear that black stuff under their eyes and the yes. white footies and all that. And I said to him, so it's at night time? And he said, yeah, it's at night time. And I said, can I wear that black stuff under my eyes? <laughs> and he said, you can wear whatever you want, just play. And so I went out. And uh, I'll never forget, I had to train Mondays with the under-17s and that's when I sort of first ran into a bloke called Gary McIntosh. And uh, I sat in the rooms and I was always early because my, my teacher took me up there and I'd sit there and, uh, and then I'd watch all the boys come in. And it's a really interesting uh, dynamic compared to Port Adelaide and where you, you had all the blazers coming in from the colleges and then you'd come all these scruffy kids coming in who come from like the Campbelltown highs and Gillis Plains and all that. So yeah, you had this two distinct groups that was not, you know, sort of bit, bit foreign to me. And, um, and then of course, blokes like, and I'll never forget the first bloke that went straight up to me was a bloke called James Fantasia, who was just uh, an absolute gentleman and still is of course. And he just said, well, who are you, man? And I shook my hand and, and he just took me under his wing and then, there was a couple of other guys. Dwayne Stewart was excellent. Um, David Payne. Uh, and when I trained with the 17s, because Gary was um, not, he was too good for 15, so he wasn't playing. Um, he, he was up in the 17s. But uh, those guys were just really nice. And I remember Mr. Fantasia was just he, – he'd yeah. go and watch every yeah. training session, you name it, and he was just such a gentleman. Uh, great and, great uh, man. Lovely people. So, yeah, yeah so we ended up playing – I think it was five minor round games we had to play and, and sort of like and see who was up the top. And then you had to play a semi and a final when we got through to the final. And I remember I was sort of playing half forward, if you like, because I was an, an underager. And we, um, I'll never forget pulling on 
the Red Sox, the the, the jumper. Jeez, the isn't that, that bringing got, the emotion out of you, Timmy J? The bit that got me the most, the bit that really hurt me, was when I pulled on the Navy shorts and this bloody AGC badge was yeah, on the beautiful, shorts. beautiful, wasn't it? And that was just distinctive of Nord. AGC were a sponsor for yeah, you know, forever more, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. And I just sat there and looked at these shorts and I thought, what are you doing? What are you doing here? And it was amazing. We got through, like oh, I said, to the final. Pete's and, actually uh, got a pair out too. They're, they're yep. my, they're yep. my oh, did you? Shorts. Yep, he's just got a pair well, out. There you go. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Are they the zip up with the button up? Yep, the, beautiful the AGC logo we're looking yeah. at. I don't really oh, think you'd mate. fit into those these days, Pete. No, unfortunately no. not. I might get one leg into them <laughs> yeah. these days. Well, I don't know what I, I might have chucked mine out. I, I think oh, come I on. I reckon you've got I didn't stored. want any evidence. I didn't you've got want a framed evidence, on your wall, <laughs> <laughs> But then I ended up, uh, we played the final. And I remember we played, uh, they were called East Torrance and they were a mixed bag of sort of Torrance and North. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure Andrew Jarma played. And... Uh, yeah, because I remember this kid, so he was had exquisite skills and the like. Yep. And, and I was on the half forward, and we weren't travelling that well. And the coach said to me, like, Timmy, I want you to go in the middle. And uh, I say I say to Dwayne and, and Fanner, I say, mate, we were down, and you had to put a port bloke in the middle to bloody give you the victory. <laughs> you were a Woodville bloke at that stage. <laughs> well, I was a Woodville bloke at that stage. And anyway, we bloody came back, and we won, and we won the flag. It was amazing. And, of course... So then, when did the so did the Saps didn't playing till cup happen before you became a Port player, or where did that fit in going to Port no, and well, in that relation? Yeah, that that year uh, was nineteen eighty, and I was fourteen playing in the Port Adelaide Junior Footy League, and I'd, I'd um, you know how they have association medals. Yep. I'd won I'd won three in a row, including the nineteen eighty one, and. Jeff Potter, the, the famous Port Adelaide yep. champion yep. from the 60s, Jeff Potter's lab was playing at Summerfall Park and he saw me playing and he went and said to me one night, do you want to go play at the Oval? And I said, which Oval? And that's what they used to call Alberton yeah. in, in yep. the old days. They used to yep. call it the Oval. And uh, he said, Alberton. I said, oh, wow, would I? I said, but I'm bound to Woodville. And he, he said, look, leave it with me. And then he went obviously to Port and said, you've got to come see this kid and he's bloody won all the medals and all this crap. And anyway, I was sitting at home one day and this guy knocked on the back door of all things and I walked out and I said, oh, sorry, mate, dad's at, dad's at work. And he said, I'm not here to see dad, I'm here to see you. It was Malcolm Maiden who coached uh, Port's juniors yep. for yeah, long time. years and years. And he said, uh, you know, would you like to come out to Albert and I And I said, oh, look, I'd love to, but I said, I'm, you know, I'm a Woodville player, I'm bound to Woodville. And he said, oh, don't worry about that. We'll fix that. And uh, if you're keen, we've got pre-season starting next week. And I said, yes, please. So I went out as a 14-year-old um, to start training with the under-17s. Let's be honest. With your junior record, it, it's quite staggering. And look, let's be honest, disappointing that Woodville were prepared to trade. Like you and Greg Anderson should have been Woodville players. Now, that mm. it does change things dramatically. Like, you know, Pavlich instead of McGregor, except. Tim English instead of Jordan Gallucci, et cetera, et cetera. Those sort of things change footy. And you and, and Greg Anderson and with Woodville would have been a distinct difference. And it's considering if you'd been a junior who hadn't done much, you could say, yeah, I understand it a little bit. But if I've got a kid who's winning every medal in the, in that, so in yep. my, 
in my area. I ain't trading him. Absolutely. Yeah. Nah, it was uh, it was quite staggering when you think about it. Exactly like you said with um, with Greg as well. Like he was, he, Greg was also an athletic champion. Yes. Like he he was winning. 200s and 400s at national championships and things like that. And you're going, so he's got athletic ability as well as this yeah. amazing footy ability. Like, yeah, it was a bit, uh, it was, it was a bit, what would you say? I think at the time, and I remember talking to my older brother, Nick, who was playing under 17s or 19s at the time. And I said to him, well, oh, Nick, you know, Port want me to go out and all that. Should, should I, you know, just sort of say no and go to Woodville? <laughs> he said, don't be so stupid," yeah. he said. "They'll ruin you." And yeah. he said, "You go out." And it was, I think, at the time they were just, um, you know, how you need good administration. And yeah, I think yeah, that the yeah. yeah. finger wasn't on the pulse. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Because when when I finished that that tournament with uh, Norwood and we won in '80, um, there was a bloke called Jock. He was our team manager. He had a beard. Yeah, Jock O'Reilly. Yep. Jock yep. O'Reilly, lovely bloke, ripping yeah. bloke. The late Jock O'Reilly, on, yep. Yeah, he was right. on to me like no tomorrow. Well, he got me and, and took me and my dad to meet Wally Wal- yes. Norris. Yeah. So th- they were on it. They were, and I said the same thing. I said, sorry, I'm I'm bound to Woodville and all this sort of thing. And they said, well, look, we'd love you to come out. And, yeah. you know, we, we don't worry about that side of it. We'll be able to fix that and all this yeah. sort of thing. And all I could think of was get me out of this room. Yeah, and yeah, Wally was, you could tell, like, how good he was as yes. a negotiator that day. Uh, you know, looking back in hindsight um, as an adult, not as a kid, I thought to myself, geez, this bloke has just about stitched us. And my dad, who had no idea about any sport or football or anything, was going, well, it sounds pretty good, son. <laughs> uh, Wally, Wally, Wally was the master negotiator of getting the best deal for absolutely Nord Football Club every single time. Yeah. Neville, yeah, Ro- Neville Roberts expensive. found that out. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I, I desperately want to get out of there in an awful hurry. Yeah, uh, come on, you uh, haven't finished can... singing the Nord Club song from going top yet, Tim. Come on. Can you imagine a parallel universe where Macintosh and Jennifer are in the same yeah. team week in, week out? Oh, oh, I actually yeah. think the two, let's be honest, on that one, the two of you would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah, you would have. You know, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I love that story where, look, and you probably got more, full credit, you, you got more out of Macca where you interviewed him that day at Paynham than I've heard anyone get out of him. Yeah, and the story yeah. where he, he banged, oh, whose heads together was it? Malakalis. Yeah. Tony Malakalis and me, yeah. The most was, embarrassing moment of my career. Oh, my God, was that embarrassing. And Macca but, did uh, the Three Stooges impersonation. It was brilliant. <laughs> Oh, did he what? It was bloody funny. And Macca would say nothing on the oval. But after that incident, we jogged away and I was just so bloody embarrassed that he's come past and he said, hey, Timmy, that was a good one, wasn't it, eh? Three Stooges. <laughs> and, I, and I said, hmm, victim of circumstance. <laughs> so, so is it safe to say that uh, Nord taught you everything you know? No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, what it did do, you know what I, I – I was very impressed at how well drilled they were. Yeah. And because I was training with the 17s, um, I was impressed with the way they did their drills and the discipline around where you had to kick the ball and where you had to lead. Mm. And there was there was all these things that I was sort of going, well, I've never trained like this. And at that stage, I hadn't trained with a senior club. And it was sort of like, wow, I, I can – this is this is quite impressive. Then when I went to Port Adelaide, 
we didn't train like Norwood, and and we didn't have those those um, plays in place, and and the disciplines around where you kick the ball and how you kick the ball and who leads where and all that. Yeah. But what I felt at Port Adelaide was this incredible hard edge. Yeah. Yep. It was like this is, it, you know, that saying where they say, you know, it's it's <laughs> football's not about life and death. It's more serious yeah. than that. Yeah. That's how it felt at Albany. Oh, and the like, amount of, look, the amount of, amount of times, especially big games, finals, Port won, because because of your desperation, we look afterwards and look at the sides and go, we're a better side on paper than that. And then yeah. you'd remind yourself. Or it's more desperate, yep. they wanted it. You annihilated Nord in the final. Where I reckon Nord only kicked two or three goals, and it was just purely that. It was just crash, bash, get it forward. Nothing scientific. Yeah. Forward, that next was, context, yeah. next I, contest, and that's what all it was. The, the original chaos yeah. ball. Oh, yeah. It was eighty-eight. It was the second semi-final, and yeah, I'll never forget because it was it was a horrible blustery day, yes. so didn't suit. It, it then becomes a game of exactly those factors that you're talking about. So it suited us, but I think they only kicked two five for the yeah. day. And oh. Rowan Smith came back into the side that day, and I think he kicked three in probably the worst conditions going around. And he basically cemented himself for the for the grand final that day. But it was such a bloody exactly that game. It was all about okay, it means more to us, and this is how we're going to play. Now, I do want to go back now. So, Pete, the first ever time I met Tim was a, I was umpiring Tim. It was, a, it was a Tuesday afternoon at St. Clair, and it was. It was pissing down with rain. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think who you were playing, what side you were playing. But anyway, there was a guy in the opposition called Vince Mayo. How he never played league football has me stuffed, Tim, because he was a gun. Anyway, there was a bit of push behind. And Greg Anderson that day was playing in Sanchez, and he was leerizing. And he admits now that he was being a big-headed dickhead, yep. that he'd come back from league footy, had to play for the school because yep. he wasn't allowed to play for St. Michael's, etc. And so Vince Mayer, he pushed him a bit behind the play. There wasn't much in it, but I carried on as an umpire. There was, and I've gone to yelled out, hit him again, they play Norwood next week. <laughs> and Tim burst out <laughs> laughing and went, good on you, Malcolm. That's exactly what he needs. <laughs> and that was really, I've got on with it. There's a house on fire with Tim ever since yep. from that, where... I reckon if you have a few people you would have could answer back, or oh, who do you think you are as a Nord man? Where well, you went, yep, yeah, actually, he is being a dickhead. He gets what he's getting what he deserves. <laughs> and Vince Mayer could fight. He was, oh. he was a good little fighter. He was a good little fighter. He went to Finden High and uh, Finden, that's and, right. And uh, yeah, the yeah, uh, well, my now wife went to Finden High as well. She knew him very well. She said, "Oh yeah, cleaned up more than there though." <laughs> oh. but, uh, yeah, but just Greg was just. And I said, come on, young fella, pull your head in. Yep. Yeah, we know you yeah. can play, yep. but yeah. don't be a clown. And, yeah. And now, ironically, Tim is Danny Hanson, good mate of mine's brother-in-law, so I'll be yep. at Hanson Family Shows with him now. Yep. Oh, and, yeah, Helen. And, and with Helen, yeah. And uh, Greg actually yeah, went we're... one day, yep, Malcolm, you're right. right. I yep. was I was a dickhead that day. So And we moved on, yep. so it's a bit of fun. No, bloody good man. And He's a good fella. You played some Till Cup in 82? Yeah, so I was um, I went I got invited out uh, probably from I had a, a reasonable sort of start to the season in in eighty two in the seventeens and they promoted me to nineteens, so from that I got in in the squad of players that you you recommend and you get taken to go to uh, Sunday morning trainings for the Till Cup, and Alan Stewart was coach and I thought to myself 
this is great. I'll just try and impress this year and get myself uh, into the team next year when I'm 17. And uh, I kept training to impress, of course, and Alan kept keeping me in the squad when they were chopping it. And uh, in the end, uh, he said he announced early because the squad would normally get announced, you know, sort of last minute. And the last Sunday morning training before we, the squad was going to be announced on the Tuesday or something, he just stopped training and just said, look, uh, the way he has trained, he said, um, I'm taking him this year as one of the three underage um, players I'm taking to, to Brisbane. And I was like, wow, I didn't even have to wait for the moment to get um, anointed in the squad. And I thought, wow, I'm going. And it was a, such a bonus because if you get two years at Till Cup, the second year you, you're more relaxed about it or more experienced about yep. it. And yep. um, this was incredible. So myself, um, Andrew Jarman and Greg Anderson, Anderson were the underages, yeah. I think. Yep. Mm. And then we went away to uh, Brisbane. Mm. A few names in that side. Michael O'Brien, Jars, as you said, Stephen Barrett, Peter huh. Simmons for North Adelaide, uh, Adelaide Uni Premiership coach. Da- David Payne. Yeah, yeah Payne. David Kapler. Um, yep. Probably the greatest achievement you've got in that, Tim, is you somehow managed to get in, on the back row in the photo, which is quite ridiculous. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's probably the only time I've ever yes. been on the back row. Yes, I was thinking that. <laughs> you sure you're not standing on a couple of phone books, mate? The, the, the photographer's at full, I think. <laughs> so keep looking. Um, D- Dwayne Russell. Um, Dwayne was captain. captain. Yeah, Dale yeah, Lowby. Pete, yeah. Pete Brinkworth. So, yeah, there's a few in there. Yeah, good, good, good oh, little team, that one. Of course, too, a guy, uh, Jamie McPhee, Australian under 19 cricket captain. Um, Correct. Yes, he could. He, Australian under 19 captain, and the, and the side was Mark Taylor, Mark War and Steve War and Danny Buckingham and Ramshaw, and he was the best player of a lot of them, wow. Jamie McPhee. So, yeah. trivia there. A good bloke, too. Yes. Good bloke, Jamie. I was with him. Yeah. He was over in Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. And did I... I reckon re- Mon- Yeah. Sorry, go on. So, so I, I think Michael Murphy was in that team as well. Played at the Bays and Brisbane. Yeah, and, yeah Michael Murphy. Yeah. Mm. And, and did I read right that uh, you made the uh, 82 All-Australian Till Cup team as well? Yeah, I, I did. I had a... I remember I was on the bench for the first game and Dwayne Russell came up to me and, and I was just excited to be playing. And he just said, listen, you'll get a chance at some stage, make an impact. And I thought, yeah, right, I will, I will, I will. And uh, I got on, I reckon, just before half time, and uh, took a mark, ran around, kicked a goal. And then the second half, I, I think I ended up kicking three or four in the in the first game. And then played the second game and kicked another three. And then I think in the final against Victoria, I kicked a couple again. And, and so it was like, no, you're in the All-Australian, which was um, staggering. So I was sort of like... Coach, from going for, coached by the illustrious Ray Slug Jordan. That would have been interesting, yes. Timmy G. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a different character, yes. old Slug. Don't worry about that. But there were some names in that. I mean, Paul Salmon was like their... They oh, had, yes, yes, there he Damien is. Damien Burke and Paul Salmon were their, were their ruckman, and they were about six foot seven or eight then. They were huge. Yeah, I'm looking at now. I can pick Sam. It's really hard to read the names underneath, but yeah, mm. you can certainly pick Salmon and Burke, as you've said that. Oh, they're, they're huge, huge players. So, yeah, they had quite a dominant team, the old Vicks, but uh, yeah, it was a great experience for me coming away with, a, with an All-Australian in the first year. I'll never forget Darren Harris played for us. Uh, South Adelaide yep. went to North Melbourne, 
And I'll never forget, we played that game. He played fullback and he ended up playing a pretty good game. And as we were coming off the ground, a bloke walked out to him, shook his hand and gave him a Carlton Guernsey. And because there was no draft back then. Um, and so they were just used to entice you with uh, yeah. form fours and the yeah. like. And uh, we all went, wow, what's going on there? And our match uh, day team manager was a guy called Ron Kinsman, mm-hmm. who Ronnie came from Woodville and, and ended up doing um, uh, lots of years at the Crows. And Ronnie ran out, <laughs> seeing the incident, grabbed the jumper and threw it in the bloke's face and said, you get your filthy Victorian hands off of him. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> it was classic. Uh, gee, I think poor old Darren Ellis was like, oh, no, I wouldn't have minded that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Now, looking at the side for the next year, Timmy G. In the Till Cup. Yeah, with the Till Cup side. And there is a guy there, I will say, that he's in the best 10 juniors I've ever seen. A Nord kid, Anthony Coles. He, as oh, a Anthony, junior, yeah, yeah, was yeah. extraordinary. He didn't, didn't go on with it. He kicked 10 against Port. Actually, it might have been 12 in an under-19s grand final. And you would have thought wow. this guy was going to be the best thing since sliced bread. But of that front, uh, just having a look now at the side, the front row, Andrew Bennett, Andrew Pays, Greg Anderson, uh, Tim Geneva, Wayne Marnie, Robin Kidney. So there's a fair front row yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right too. Colsey, uh, I sort of... Oh caught up with not long ago, and it was great to see him. I hadn't seen him for donkeys, but uh, good bloke. He ended up playing. He ended up playing half back, I reckon, in that oh. tournament. Um, yeah. And he had to stand this kid that came up from uh, uh, Victoria for the final um, who'd played league footy on the Saturday for St Kilda and pl- come Owens? up to the final on the Monday. Now, his name was Tony Lockett, I think it was. Oh, yeah, okay, Tony okay. Lockett. Yeah, yeah, heard that name. Yep, yep, sorry. <laughs> Just trying to be a smart-ass trying to work out who it was, yeah. (laughs) Just a a lazy Tony Lockett. He was amazing. Yeah, it was – and Colsey had to stand him. (laughs) Good luck, Ant. What was it like playing against Tony Lockett there uh, in the Till Cup? Oh, he was – you could tell he was a fierce, angry kid straight away. Like, he was built, you know, 17 years of age. Yeah. Thin waist and the big pick-handled shoulders and – he was just such a beast of a man and great hands and just you thought, gee, no wonder why he's playing league footy already. He was just already um, built for it. So um, quite a quite a yeah, character. But <laughs> the runner came out to him and said, uh, hey, Tony, Slug wants you to do this, that and the other. And he just kept staring ahead. And he said, Slug wants you to do this, that and the other. He just kept staring ahead. He said, Tony, are you listening? And he turned to the runner and he said, you tell Slug to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I, I reckon there were plenty of adults who wouldn't have done that slug, let alone a junior. Oh, he was he was Victorian cricketer as well. Oh, uh, the cricket stories around about him, yeah, uh, yeah, legendary. Now, now, am I right in saying that you had a bit of an interaction with Tony Lockett in that Teal Cup? Oh, there was a fair, there was a fair old blue in the. Oh, might have been the first quarter actually. Um, so, yeah, everybody was in it and all the rest of it, but I think I got thrown out of it pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that silly, mate. I wasn't that silly. Fair enough. <laughs> now, league debut, then after that, was it one of the night games originally? Uh, yeah, it was the old um, Escort, Escort Cup. Escort Cup, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, we were playing, I think it was a Wednesday night, again, Febber and Oval. Yeah. And, and it was a horrible evening and it was going to rain, you know, all night. And I, I we were playing school footy and, of course, yeah. I said, well, look, I'm not playing because, you know, I've got to play league footy, you know, but I'm on the bench. And, you know, back in those days, you sat on the bench. You might get on, you might not. And uh, so anyway, I was standing watching the game. We are playing Finn and High again, ironically, but at Finn this time. And um, we were down at three-quarter time and the coach looked at me and said, how about we drag your mate? And uh, you put his gear on and go on. I said, yeah, let's do it. So I played the last quarter for, for Woody High. Uh, luckily got out of it unscathed. We won the game, packed up my gear, went home, got picked up and went to play league footy and thought, oh, you beauty, I'll just be sitting on the bench or not. And was so Trevor Robertson coach? Was that was Weasel co- Was Trevor coach? Uh, Trevor wasn't, not that no, night. Not that no, night. he wasn't, okay. but he did coach us, yeah. Trev. Yeah, good, good man. Almost um, Correct, good keeper. And uh, so we... We we sit there in the box at Teddy and thought got the rug on new beauty, and no word of a lie. Five minutes in injury, Timmy, you're on. So I played all just about the whole game, and uh, it was I really enjoyed it because I was out there with league players and the like, and and uh, I ran past Daryl Shimmelbush had a really good game, but I ran past him when he got a free kick, and I said shimmer shimmer shimmer, and he went to handball it to me. And then he said, oh, you little bastard. And he started, <laughs> <laughs> he started chasing me up. And then after the game finished, he came up, shook me in, and he said, uh, hey, that was clever. That was really clever. And, like, for a 17-year-old to do that to a senior player, like, it's a bit cheeky, isn't it? <laughs> You've always been the smiling assassin, Timmy, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so then you establish yourself in the league side in 84 and go through and play in the grand final. Look, I know you're going to say you're Nord, man. You're giving me shit because you're Nord won all that. But it, in my book, the 73 and 84 grand finals are the two great grand finals in SNFL history. Yeah, I think from a, from you know, a spectator's point of view or an outsider's point of view, it's one of the great SNFL grand yeah. finals of all time. But for, for me personally, it was um, probably premature. I, that was only my sixth game of league footy. And I came in really late into the team. I think with maybe – so we we won the second semi and I played a game earlier in the year, so there's one. So I played the last three minor round games and managed to kick, um, I reckon, four and three in the last two games. So I sort of had my spot, if you like, as, as a sort of a – what would you say? Forward pocket who gets yep. about five minutes on the ball. And so the second semi, we played the Bays and I play a, a, exactly that role. But I kick two and we play really well and we win. And we've had a great, great year. I then uh, sat there nervously for a fortnight going, am I going to get a game? And I was sort of thinking, geez, I might be lucky to, to stay on the side. And then it was a bit of a surprise we're staying with you. We got a couple of injuries, which I think threw things up, and they probably didn't want to make, make too many changes. And I played, but they changed they changed just about everything because you used to get a bit of a run on the ball. But Paul Belton was sort of number one rover, and you might get five minutes in the quarter. Because of – and, and you, you, you well and truly know this, Harvey comes into the team to, to tag, tag H. H. Yep. So that takes out one midfielder, and that was Paul so Paul Belton was forced to a half-forward flank, like a permanent. That forced me deeper as a forward pocket, if you like, 
And then um, Bomber, who would have been, say, the sentimental of the time of a ruck rover, he was sort of the loose midfielder, if you like. Um, and then... Bradley as well. Uh, and then Bradley was playing almost the exact same role. Yep. And and it just changed the whole dynamic of everything. And then Barney brilliantly puts H to full forward and Max James ends up on the on the ball who hasn't played a league go for about yeah. three years. Yeah. So it was uh it we we it was funny. I, I always felt like we rearranged our chess pieces to match Norwood's yet yeah, we've been the dominant team all yeah. year. That's fair, fair point. Yeah. There. And you're a bit unlucky too. You, you, Lester Ross had a had a fair old game in the grand final. Yep. He, well, Lester Ross could seriously play as well. Oh, he's a great player. But um, yeah, look, I, I think basically the first quarter was all you know a, a fast paced blur for me. I think in in hindsight, if, if and, and as players do today, you rotate off the bench. I think if you had that fifteen or twenty minutes to get all that out of your system go and have a five-minute breather and then come back on in the second turn, I think you probably would have settled down and had a good game. Yeah. But what happens in those days, because you're stuck in the forward pocket, well, the first one to come off is one of the forwards, isn't it? And yeah. I was the one that came off. I came off and I sat there until the 29-minute mark of the last quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, do, then, I, do rem- I did remember you were on the pine a fair bit. Yeah, and I just I remember coming because I was almost in a blur. I was almost became a oh, almost like a dream sequence where you just weren't sure that you were there and it was happening, you know. And it was such an intense game that you know, sort of what's what's going on and when will I go back home? Won't I? Uh, the shame of being on the bench because it was shameful back then. If yeah. you were on the yeah. time, it was it was completely shameful. And as a eighteen year old in your sixth game, not understanding any of that. Um, you pretty much blame myself for the loss. And it was just like, I remember the 29-minute mark, the phone ring, and they said, fresh legs. And I thought, fresh legs at the 29-minute mark of the last quarter. <laughs> and it actually um, only went 29.40. So, geez, yeah, you had a, you had a fair on. bit of time to make an impact. Yeah, I got on, ran over the other side and actually hit Timmy Evans on the chest. And he has a shot and misses. Misses, I think. that's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So... I know you blokes would know it better than me. But yes. <laughs> now, speaking of Timmy Evans, um, him and Barmy going toe to toe in the square at the beginning of the game was that a a shock? <laughs> well, it was. I was I was then obviously still for the national anthem yeah. with Lester, who's a very respectful man as well, <laughs> and uh, you could just hear this enormous roar of the crowd going off, yep. and I sort of looked to my right and went, "You're kidding me." They're actually having a fight. <laughs> of course, then everybody started to run down to it, and you sort of go down and you're not thinking national anthems on. Like, where's the respect? <laughs> yep. And that that game and that moment changed the way we line up for um, yes, yes, the nat- that was national anthem forevermore. Say, yeah, it was the yeah. last time. Now let's go into 80, 85 and eighty six. And look, I think you show a fair bit of character. Um, you had a dispute. Let's. Yeah, go through that in your words, Tim. Uh, how do you mean, mate? Well, with Russell and and what you decide then uh, <laughs> doing the course and yeah, because no, yeah, I'm actually yeah, praising was, yeah. you for that. Yeah, look, I um, that you're honest was, with yourself and yeah. yeah, I was very, I was fiercely competitive, yes. but uh, built I built myself up into a game into such a frenzy that I um, you, you lost perspective and 
as much as I had to be sort of kamikaze in my mind to get a kick, I was I was losing all perspective about you know keeping your your blinkers open and being more aware of what's around you and who's around you. And so I got to the point where I found out at one stage that if we lost a game, nobody would come near me after a game because I wouldn't talk for nearly a week. I wouldn't talk till the next Thursday night. And it's like it's too long to actually recover. Rowan Smith so, actually said to me they were quite worried about you at one stage that you did take losing so hard and they thought... Too hard. Yeah, this way too hard. This kid's got a real problem. We need to get him out of this mm. crap. But, hey, I it's think important, yeah. let's yeah. get back with the real world a bit. I know yeah. the feeling, mate. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I'm think similar. I, I can't deny it. Yep. <laughs> but I think I would have, you know, in these days, you probably would have got help a lot lot quicker. Yeah. But I, um, I got to the point where... I didn't have a great pre-season in 86 and I I was sort of in, in and out a bit and I sort of felt like I hit this patch of form that I was going okay. And Russell had sort of been taking me off and and then, and I went back to the twos and then I came back and and uh, I felt like I was having this bit of a patch of form where I was going okay. And then this particular game, he took me off, oh, I reckon at the beginning of the third quarter and I lost it because I felt like I was playing well. And I came to the boundary, and, of course, the coaches used to sit on the bench um, well and truly back then, and I grabbed the old mouth guard and thank the Lord I didn't throw it. But I just fronted him and said, what was that for? And, and he just said, look, sit down, stop behaving like a school child. And I said, well, I'll do that when you stop coaching like one. And that was just, like, honestly. Wow. I always talk about attitude and, and having a great attitude, you can achieve anything. Well, having a bad attitude, you fall into the world of blame and excuses. Well, that's where I was. I was in the world of blame and excuses, and I sat there fuming, and I could tell that Russell wasn't happy with me. But, again, you sat there, and then five minutes to go in the game, he said, warm up, you're going back on. And I said, no, I'm not going on. It's, it's a waste of time. It's wet, cold. I'll do a hammy. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So I refused to go on. Then I left the game straight away and I drove around the streets for two hours not knowing what I was going to do. And it was a complete disaster. And I remember, long story short, mate, I just said, well, go back and put your cap in hand and apologise to Russell and cop your lot and see if he doesn't sack you. And I, I was fearful that I'd be sacked from the club for that. And I thought probably at the time, you know, it was probably warranted. So Russell, I went the Sunday morning, he grabbed me, took me for a walk, put his arm around me and said, mate, totally understand that you you know you're fiercely competitive and you want to win and you want to do well and all the rest of it but you just can't behave like that you can't display like that and you're dragging everyone else down so yeah, about six weeks on the twos so that's where i went and you did and, a course uh, mind powers i did straight at the end of that season I, I went off and did this course with a canadian guy who came over and and it was um yeah all about being able to use your, your, your brain to, to succeed in whatever it is you want to do. And, and it was really just about pot, being able to talk to yourself positively, get yourself in a positive mindset, and then being able to influence others the same way. And uh, and never, ever blame anybody else for anything that happens to you. Just if it's happened, then learn how you control it and what you can't control. And it was such a, a, a revelation for me that it – took me from being this really intense beast to sort of being more probably aware and unselfish Balanced. to help yeah. others and then you, in turn, benefit from it. So I was, I was very fortunate that that, that happened and that was a you know, pretty significant turning point for me in my career. 
And, of course, then you had a reasonable year in 87 under Russell, but then Jack returning, that you know, that helped you. And Jack's yeah. ability is to you know, sell anything. He, the master salesman, you know, to convince Wayne Marnie that he's you know, an Adrian set tree and guys who are just the role players that, you know, they were bigger than Ben Hur and do the job for Port in the final. He, he was, Jack in that regard, second to none. Yeah, and, and uh, I have to agree with it because I think a lot of probably other coaches perhaps looked at our lineup and went, <laughs> you know, there's nothing really there to worry about. But what they didn't know was what Jack was instilling in us. And, you know, I've been told forever that I was too slow and, yep. you know, can't kick over a jam tin and can't jump. And, and all those things are true. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the beauty of Jack was he used to say, Timmy, what's your strength, your ability to get the ball? Because yeah. I said to him, he said to me when he first got there, he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I've been doing sprint training for four years and I've been, you know, da, da, da. and he said, uh, yeah, we're going to stop that. And I said, but, but you know, I'm, I'm not quick. And he said, Timmy, speed's up in your, up in your head. Yeah. Your alertness, if you're alert, you'll get yeah. to the ball before them and you're never going to be quick. He said, so what all you've probably got out of the last four years is a really nice action, but you're no quicker. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. It was it was like, no, we're going to just soar with your strengths. Yeah. So and your ability, I'll get you fit as, he said, and then you get it and give it to the blokes who can run. Can't argue with that. It's amazing yeah. how coaches can get you to run through brick walls, and Jack was mm. certainly one of those that certainly instilled in a lot of you guys that uh, that you could do exactly that. Well, it, it did happen yeah. in and terms – it did the, happen, the game for Anthony Williams. Like, yep. You know, talk about sliding doors, and you know, I mean to be I'm not being rude, but it virtually discovered George Fiacci that day as mm. well that he ended up playing in yeah. a back pocket and where he'd previously been the, the rover, the yes. fill in rover up and down the twos. Yep. You know, correct. Good, honest yeah, battler. Right. And he discovered yeah. that day, and that started off the Batman and Robin. And you guys, you know, we, Nord should have been well up at half time. The amount of play Nord had in that first half, you guys ran all over it. And then to drive. In con in condo back to the Williams house. Yeah, I just I think that's it's one of the great shows of unity and emotion and it transcends football, doesn't it? Yeah, and just yeah, it did it just show everything. I, I loved seeing um, Keith Thomas's view on it when uh, yeah. he was on that little um, yeah little story that we did. He said that he described when Jim Teal died. He said. Yep. We didn't handle it well. No, we didn't. He said we were over emotional, and he said, you know, we were standing in the lineup crying, and he said we just didn't handle it well. He said somehow he said Port Adelaide just knew that it meant more, and and they were able to hold their composure when it when it mattered, you know. And uh, you can't blame anybody for anything. You just don't know how you're going to respond on those days. Well, and, Barmy admits that we handled that badly in '86 as well. Spoke about it yeah. at length, and out of that, it was interesting. Where you said some of the younger, they knew from looking at the senior guys because it was Nord. It was before the elimination final against Woodville. Went over in front of the in front of the scoreboard and thing, and the younger guys who hadn't been as close to Jim were looking at the older guys going, yep. "What's going no on? No chance. Yeah, yeah. we're Port yeah. were the other way, and it was just mm. we've got to win this for the, for the Williams family." And mm. Barmy yeah. admits that he, that he actually. Didn't want to make the focus, Jim, but in the end, he probably should have. Yep. Yeah. It was a tough day, but um, yeah, one that we sort of, it it does, it's etched in the memory uh, forever. 
And so you go through then, and then you were, you, you end up being part of the golden era with Port, the three flags through 88 to 90, you being a huge part of it and, and that. And how about, let's go back, yeah, I know you take the piss out of yourself, not quick, blah, 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 but you got the ball. You had to be disappointed really, though, that you're one of the few people to be dual All-Australian at Till Cup level, not get looked at by an AFL club, Tim. Yeah, look, I, 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 I again, philosophically look back on it and go, yeah, if if you were in today's uh, modern draft system, there's, there's every chance you're picked up. Oh, there's no way in the world. The you're, a ju- yeah. you're a dual yeah. Australian. Top you ain't five. not getting drafted. Yeah. 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 So you, you, you'd be in some system somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I think back then there was this uh, – I was, I was pretty light too. Um, when I started, I was sort of around that. 64 kilo mark, so I certainly wasn't carrying a lot of weight. But I think um, it more the thing about it at film. the time, yeah, they, they look when the Vicks looked at uh, South Australia WA, they were either looking for key position players that they didn't have, or they'd go for these really quick guys that they had these yeah. mudlarks, yeah. you know, yeah, that's that true. they went, they, these guys are tough, but we need the quicker outside sort of player um, or faster sort of. People, and we had a lot of really good midfielders who were quite toey. So in that era I came through, um, we, we were producing the likes of, you know, McGuinness, Platten, Naley, God Almighty. The, yeah. the small brigade were Terrible. outstanding players and, and they had all the tricks and all the things that I didn't have. So for me, um, the, the one ability I had was to, to find the footy. Yeah. And, and, it, and it was, you know, sort of probably something that they thought, well, we got, we got a lot of those. We probably don't need them. Right, a funny moment, Tim. Go through it. the uh, famous nineteen ninety two at the at the brewery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll make this my last one. They're, they're calling me for dinner. But <laughs> yeah. you know what's sad, Malcolm? Driving up Port Road. Yeah, and the, and the bloody right. chimney's not there. Yeah. It's yeah, unbelievable. Yep. God Almighty, it's sad. But that was that. I always say one of the great traditions of Sample Footy, and we've had it for you know a long time. Is the chimney and the Tuesday, and you know we yeah. made it our whole whole routine. Greg yeah. Phillips would roll it out and say, "This is what we're doing this day. This is what we're doing the next day." And you know, you, you, you top it off with the with the chimney on Tuesday. We'd go fishing or crabbing on the Wednesday. It was just such a great week, and you'd always look forward to it. And of course, that year '92 was Greg's only as captain. Yep. And we got up on the stage and did all the things, and then as we coming down, Greg says, "Hey." Um, Boys, how about we go up, have a photo? And I said, photo for me, yeah, no worries. And of course, back then you had all the television stations, you had yes. all the papers, you know. And when I do my stand-up gig, I say, you know, I said, you know, back then there was the the advertiser in the morning and the newspaper in yep. the afternoon. And I said, you'd have the messenger on the Thursday night. And I said, you know, and they were all there. I said, you know, along with Football Times magazine and yep. and uh, and Hustler magazine. I said, and I said they're all there. <laughs> and people like you blokes that laugh. I go, what are you laughing at? Do you have a copy of that? <laughs> and then we we got up the top to the roof and uh, I thought we were just going to walk over to the chimney stand there, the four of us and it was Greg Phillips um, Mark Paul Williams, Northeast. Paul yep. Northeast and myself and we just stood there and had this photo taken and then they said go up the ladder a bit, well Greg took off, he just went and Choco stopped us and said hang on, hang on, we've got a, a typical Choco 
got to get you in in shirt order because some of us had a black shirt and yeah. others had a white. So Greg had a white one on. So he said, Norther, you go next. You got a black. I'll go third because I got a white. And Timmy, you're last because you got black. I said, right, done. So we're black, white, black, white. So we get to the ladder and I did not climb a rung. I just turned around, had a photo. And then they said, can you go up a bit further? Well, Greg took off, nor the followed. <laughs> and then Mark goes and then I go. And before I know it, I'm halfway up the ladder thinking to myself, oh, shit, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm shit scared of heights. And the only reason I did it was because I thought I was going to be front page of the paper. So off we go. This is how, how obsessed I am with being noticed. So up they go. <laughs> it comes from a big family in yeah. number seven. So up they go with Greg firing up. And I said, Greg, I said, how far are we go, mate? He said, all the way to me, all the way, mate, just like we did on Saturday. We're the champions. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. And then Paul Northeast is next. He's not saying a word. And I'm thinking, oh, this is bad because he's a psycho. And then Choco. And he will not shut up talking. He's going, oh, my God, Timmy, this is incredible. This is a brand new fear. Don't look down, Timmy, for God's sake. Oh, look at this. I said, shut up, Choco. Let's just get to the top. So we get up there and Greg, he fires around and then Norla goes and he's not too too steady on the feet and then Choco goes and he's bloody chatting away blah 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 and then I get up and I am absolutely gone I don't know if you've ever had that feeling where in your guts you've completely lost your balance and my mm. legs are wobbling and so I've crouched down yeah you are you're holding it far more than anyone else Timmy J and I can hear this little ant down the bottom say stand up stand up <laughs> so as I stood up and for a proper upright photo I didn't realise, but it's a fair income chimney. And the wind changed direction and the heat off of the chimney. It felt, I felt like it burnt my head and I thought I was like Michael Jackson and the Pepsi had. My hair was on fire. <laughs> well, I dived for, the, I dived for the rail, grabbed what I thought was the rail, which was the gate. I went flying out on the gate and Mark Williams grabbed my arm and pulled me back in oh, and wow. said, hang on, mate. We haven't, he said, we haven't finished the photo. <laughs> <laughs> so they went click, 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 and we got down off of the – off of the ladder, I couldn't believe it. And I got to the thing, and then there's a security guard there, and he had his arms folded, and he was all smug, and he said, that won't happen again next year. I said, you're fucking telling me it won't. It'll never happen again ever, and it never did. Mate, we know you've got to head off. Uh, is there any chance we might be able to get you for part two next week? Or, or in another Or another week. another time, because we've got a ton yeah, of yeah, stuff we'll, we still we'll... want to get through, mate. Yeah, no worries, buddy. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah we'll do it, we'll do it two now, parts and we'll great. stir you yeah. up because you also, let's not forget, he did meet meet his wife at Heaven Nightclub. So there's right. there's plenty more to well, come. We won't add that one yeah. to the, the teaser yeah. just yet, but we'll yeah. talk about it uh, next time or next week. All right, boys. I'll catch you then. No worries, mate. Thank you very much for your time tonight. And, yeah, we'll touch base and see when we can fit you in next week. Beautiful. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Timmy G. And mate, to kick us off for happy days, happy birthday to Luke Dan Curvis, Adelaide Crows, 20-year-old, drafted in 2021. Hasn't uh, registered his debut game yet, but a midfield forward, uh, tough to break into at the moment. Yeah, he was pretty impressive in last year's sample final, so, I, you know. Won't I be too long. I hope he gets an opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, a good young forward uh, and midfield replacement uh, for a couple of ageing stars in that uh, for, forward line and also the um, the midfield. Um, 
I'm sure you're right. It won't be too long before he gets his yeah. debut. All right, mate, we move on. Uh, cricket, uh, cricking batting genius. So Donald Bradman scores yes. 145 not out for Australia v Hampshire. Obviously, I thought this was quite topical with Australia playing the Ashes pretty soon. Uh, at Southampton, completing a 1,000 runs before the end of May for the second time and the only touring batsman to England ever do and perform that feat. I, words, you just can't have enough words about Bradman as a cricketer. Yes. Um, just incredible. He is, you know, there's Bradman than a gap with anyone else batting and you just mm-hmm. can't dispute that for mine. Um. Obviously, you know, if we could invent a time machine and go back and watch some of these innings, it would be amazing. Yeah. Just to show you that um, he was well and truly ahead of his time, wasn't he? Oh, it's just hand-eye. Yep. Yeah, incredible. And obviously we've seen the, the footage of him basically with a stump and a golf ball yeah. against a corrugated iron rainwater tank. Um, yeah, you're right. Hand-eye coordination is crazy. But, uh, yeah, 145 and completing a 1,000 runs before May is a pretty special effort. All right, we move on. Gold uh, to basketball, NBA. Uh, Golden State Warriors win the Western Conference, NBA Western Conference back in 2015. Yeah, they're a great side there for a while, Golden State Warriors. They sort of come back in the last couple yeah, of years, but haven't quite, quite got the job done. It. So, yeah, but they were certainly pretty specky there. Steve back Kerr, then. obviously, yeah. coaching uh, part of uh, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Premiership French, years, yeah. franchise, uh, yeah. franchise, and um, yeah, I think they're going to be around the mark again next year as well. Yep. All right, mate. In two thousand and seventeen, uh, the soccer uh, English FA Cup final, Wembley Stadium, uh, Arsenal defeats Chelsea two one. Aaron Ramsey scores in seventy ninth minute, seventy ninth minute to win the game, and uh, Wagner becomes the Wenger. most successful. Arsene Wenger. That's the one. Becomes the most successful manager in. FA Cup history, winning his seventh title. Yeah, no, the Arsenal dominated the FA Cup there for a while. Um, yeah, and he was certainly there. Arsene Wenger was there at Arsenal for a long time. Yep. But, um, yeah, they, they would just seem to nail the FA Cup. And it was – the FA Cup back then was huge. Yes. You, know, you never miss the FA Cup. Was, yep. Yeah, it was like we we Wimbledon, FA Cup, uh, the Boxing Day Test. We used to have, uh, used to have FA Cup parties. Yes. And, you know, and, yeah, that was huge. These days, obviously, being on demand, you can basically watch yeah. it in bed, you know. So, yeah, totally un- understand. And, yeah, you're right. Um, unfortunately, Arsenal getting the better of my Chelsea. But, hey, I had to put that one in there. All right, mate, we move on. In 1956, tennis uh, with the French Open coming up. Um, the French Open men's champion was Australian Lou, Lou Hode. Wins yes. his first and only French o- Open to defeat... Sven Davidson of Sweden, six four eight six six three. Yeah, Lou Hode's probably a little bit forgotten back there, and that's it, why. Yeah, it's such you know an an era there of Australian dominance. You know, with Laver, Rosewell, Newcomb, Fraser, Roach. Mm-hmm. You go on and on, and yeah, Lou Hode, Lou Hode. Yeah, hey, you win a major and winning the French. Fair effort, that. Absolutely, and especially over in Europe. Uh, oh. A lot of the clubs over in Europe are um, clay court clubs. So um, to beat uh, somebody over there, and like you said, uh, almost the forgotten, and that's why I added to the list because I was like, oh, that's that's a nice yeah. little yep. stat for Lou Hode, and, and congratulations on winning his French Open. All right, mate, let's move on. Let's uh, head on to the big finish. Extra time. Big finish. All right, mate, we start off with uh, Neil Danzy passing away, mate. 
Yeah, look, Neil, I go back a long way with Neil Danzig because he was the bursar at Nord High when I was there. Yep. Uh, you know, let's also remember, not only did he play a very successful state cricketer, yep. that he also played league football for Nord. Um, you know, it's it's a huge loss for cricket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, best wishes to Paul, Tim and Catherine and that. So it's yep. – it's, and Kate, sorry. So it's um, – yeah, look, 124 matches, 7,543 runs, average of 34, 1,800s, uh, you know, 90 wickets and an average of 33. He was a very successful all-rounder. Um, and played First played great cricket when he was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and 39 nat games for Nord before retiring, age just 21, to concentrate yep. on cricket. So he was very... Uh, Highly regarded in cricket as well. Yep. Um, yeah. First, the last player to bat with Don Bradman. Yep. In an official match, Bradman playing uh, Kensington against Port Adelaide. Um, so, ironically, in that Bradman was given out caught behind the crowd all booed and adjourned to the Alberton Hotel. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, always sad when a legend of the sport ha- passes away, but. Uh, some of those uh, stories that you've uh, that you've said there, playing with Bradman and stuff like that, you, you, you know, you'd kill for, for that opportunity. Oh, and wouldn't it you? involved for a long time yeah. too in cricket. So you know, South Australian official select uh, yep. various roles at the Sacker. Yep. Um, yeah, he's certainly been a substantial figure contributor in you know played also. That's when East Torrance played at Nord Oval was yep. their home ground yep. and that. So yeah. Neil Dodder Danzy, RIP. Absolutely. All right, mate, we'll move on. A uh, little bit of fun here uh, to keep us going. Uh, we've done this the last couple of weeks. Uh, trade, re-sign and retire. This week I've got Dusty, uh, Dyson Heppel and Travis Boak. Heppel retire. Yep. Um, I think the other two will still be at the same club. But yep. I, I almost, Dusty Martin, who knows? Yep. Does he want to finish off somewhere else in the... Mm-hmm. With Sydney being more obscure, he, he's an unusual cat, so yep. we just don't know. Look, I'd be surprised if he doesn't. So he'd finish. be your trade, and Boke yeah. would be your re-sign. Yeah, if Boke hasn't been as impactful this year, but he's still like we talked about earlier on with Fife, and we talked about with Walker and Sloan. They marshal and change and stand there. Oh, he still there. had some important games. Oh, he's absolutely. got crunched and hurt his ribs a couple of times, and yep. my understanding is in a fair bit of doubt to play Sunday too. Yep. My uh, thinking on that is uh, I'm with you. Heppel to retire, Boke to re-sign and Dusty to be traded. Well, Richmond probably going to be, be in the point where they're going to have to trade some people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep, Absolutely. does make sense. All right, we'll move on. Cricket, mate. Labashane makes a couple of tonnes in some county cricket games. Yeah, the wheel changed a bit and Steve Smith made runs and Ollie, Ollie Robinson, yep. who's I had that on considered my list. to be a pretty important player for England, we're waiting on results from... Scans on his ankle, so it's and, and Hazelwood, Hazelwood yeah. came back from the IPL side, potential side strain. So it could well be a war of attrition which bowlers end up. And Stokes is doubtful to bowl, yep. which is pretty important for England. Yep. Just a war of attrition which bowlers end up standing up. Could be a bit of a toss of the coin or sending for reinforcements yeah. from Australia here, especially yeah. uh, at the moment. Uh, it's going to be an interesting series if that does end up eventuating. And we've got the world, of course, the world championship final against India to come in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, 
Yeah. We'll, we'll uh, try and cover that one over the next couple of weeks as well. All right, we move on. The SNFLW, mate, you brought up a good point earlier uh, about the SNFL teams using the video um, uh, video at access to their advantage. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering. I, look, I did, I'm doing the scoreboard at, at the game with Nordwest, and I'm just watching. Let's be honest, you've got a bit of time to watch yep. and take things in. And yep. A couple of times I'm thinking there was one of the Nord – Ladies, girls, whatever you want to say. Yep. Consistently going too early in terms of reading off hands and getting ahead. So and she's I getting like, into the contest, but a yeah. little bit too early. Yep. Come back here. Yep. You know, sort of thing. And I'm and I'm thinking, um, I'm just wondering, and I, I am, I intend to follow that up over the next couple of weeks. I just wonder how much they're using on that. And I, I just reckon the old picture paints a thousand words. Yep. Sharp, basic. Hey, you've got ahead of the ball there. Bang, bang. All that, all those NFL games are live streamed. A, a, yeah, a film, yep. film. So this, it's certainly not like it's not available. So, yeah, I'm going to follow that up because it was just something which intrigued me. Yep. At the time, and I, so I just might make a few phone calls to various clubs so we come back with a bit more balance. Yep. On that next. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, the men's game at the AFL level and also the SNFL level would be scrutinising that that video week in, week out. Okay, it's more straight. Yeah, there's more tactics and structures there. We we understand that, but I'm just wondering. Well, but the SNFLW and the AFLW are still very much in a learning phase as well. So. Any type of tool like this can be only a, a benefit and a positive uh, thing for the club itself and also for the players just to understand and, and help them get better. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it, it follow that one up and we'll touch base with, uh, we will. with a couple of weeks to go. All right, mate, and we finish off. Uh, we talked about it briefly last week uh, in the hockey, Australia playing India here in South Australia and getting the chocolates. Yeah, some good results and it's it's a good – I enjoy going out to out to the hockey stadium out just out, outside you know, town yep. just as you're going to get on Main North Road. Yep, Jeps Cross Jeps there. Jeps Crossway. Yep. Uh, it's a good facility, great result uh, against India. And look, we played a lot of young ones too. Uh, I didn't watch the game, but I obviously keep an eye on it because we were talking about it. Um, they did play quite a few young ones, which I think – well, Bodes well for the future of, yes, of the it, hockey as well. It does, but also they're not far away from – it almost becomes a trial game for the Olympics. So mm. um, I dare say there was a lot of looking and yes. deciding on that. And yep. Yeah. So we'll see. Congratulations to Australia on that one and uh, may their form continue leading up to um, some Olympics coming up soon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, mate. Uh, huge episode once again tonight. Um, we thank our guests for um, – being on the show tonight and um, as per usual mate we promise to do better definitely all right we'll see you next week in this crazy world we live in we all need the distraction enjoying the show like rate and subscribe hook up and connect with us on social media at sportscast sa we'll see you next time on game on